It's the Score North Twin Show. All right, how how are we feeling? Can you guys just like summarize the last forty eight hours whoa. since the Royce Lewis injury? Like, what's been the vibe on this show? I need the download. I've not been able to to listen with my travels. Oh, it's going to absolutely shock you that uh, Declan's been more optimistic. I am. I am concerned about the out. entire thing. I, I wouldn't say I'm freaking out. I just hamstrings scare me because hamstrings reoccur but, and there can be problems. But I, yeah, no, I wouldn't say it's free, freaking out. But I mean, look, if Correa and Royce Lewis can't play in the playoffs, they're probably just done. And if they can, they're probably in decent shape. I mean, I'll continue to say this. Royce Lewis changed entirely how I feel about this team. So, like, as he goes, so goes this team, in my opinion, in the playoffs. But as Declan has said, and he's right about this, fortunately, there is a nice little runway here for guys to hopefully recover. I just ham- I hate hamstrings because I feel like they are the type of thing that uh, can recur- reoccur pretty quickly. But, yeah. but, but, but is it a hamstring? Is it a yes. heel? Is it like what, what, who's both. telling the truth here? Like who? That, that, that's also what I want to know. It's both a hamstring and a heel. Yeah. That's what so we're... so so he claimed that when in Cincinnati in I think it was the sixth inning the day he got the night he got hurt he said it was the heel that bothered him running to first base. He then said it was the hamstring that went when he was when he fouled that pitch off. Now, I'm not buying it. I think it's the hamstring, but I do believe he has a bad heel as well. He's overcompensating for the heel being sore, and then he pulled his hamstring is what it's. I Pro- never went to prob- school to diagnose any of probably this, accurate. that's what it sounds like. Okay. Probably I, I accurate. that happened, yeah. Well, okay, so I bring to you then, it's a good segue uh, for a little Feedback Friday edition here of the Scorner Twin Show, where we just want the Twins to win a playoff game. And if they keep losing their key players to leg injuries, <laughs> it's going to be more difficult to do that. But uh, the first question, now, you can always hit us up, by the way, throughout the week on the YouTube channel, the Scorner YouTube channel. Click that subscribe button and the like button, please. And also the Scorner app is a great place. You can submit feedback comments. Uh, we'll get to an immaculate grid later on. Daniel Larson on YouTube says, bring up Brooks Lee. It's time. Andrew Jones played hero at 19 in the playoffs. Time to see what we got in Brooks Lee, who, by the way, is much older than 19. What is he, 23, 22? Uh, 22. 22. Yep. Brooks Lee, over his last 25 games at AAA St. Paul, is batting 248, 331 on base, 457 slugging. So he's the hits that he's getting are... Doubles and home runs, a couple of triples over the last three weeks. Um, would you consider this? Would you consider if if one or both of Correa or Royce Lewis likely won't be available or anywhere near full strength for that wild card series, would you bring him up? I'd consider it right now. i do it right now to, um, to pro- uh, potentially provide in- insurance. I think what we've seen in Brooks Lee is he's a hell of a baseball player, but not surprisingly, I think when he's gotten, so every time he's graduated, if I'm not mistaken to the next level, he has struggled a bit, which a lot of guys do, but then he's like very quickly settled in and played well. So I would do it right now. Yes. Now, do I expect him to replace Royce Lewis and what Royce brings? No, I don't. Um, But I'll go back to in the, in the Astros playoff series, the one thing the twins did that pleasantly surprised me, course they pissed it away but the one thing that they did was they brought up Kirloff and he got a hit and so yes I would I would do it I would do it today and say hey you know what and 
we are seeing teams now that, that the that there's actually incentive to promote prospects, especially top prospects. We're seeing teams do do this. So it's not like the Twins would be on this island of, oh, my God, they did something no one is doing. Yes, I would do it today because I think that is a very uh, proactive type of idea that I like. With the Twins on the verge of clinching, is this, uh, in a way, a champagne problem? That if they clinch and they're playing meaningless games, that they can have 10 days here or so to just kind of rest their starters, bring up your top prospect, let them get comfortable. And then if mm-hmm. he is starting to perform a little bit and you have to make that playoff roster decision and maybe Correa to your point or Lewis is not ready for the wild card round series, then I think it makes sense. Um, I'm, I'm under the basis of after tonight when the twins clinch, that this is basically the AAA St. Paul saints for the most part, playing a lot of games for the twins over the next 10 days. Um, regardless if Lois Lewis and Carlos Correa were injured or healthy. Now, I'm not saying you rest them for a week and a half because baseball is different like that. You can't just be on your butt for for two weeks. But in the in for the for the most part, I want a lot of other guys just getting rest as it is. So yeah, bring up Brooks Lee if if um, if you clinch tonight and you need some time at shortstop. I mean, Kyle Farmer's you know res- respectable is even probably putting it kindly at short. Uh, bring up Brooks Lee, see what you got in him. Like, what's the downside? I think yeah. that I'd, I would start there. What is the the downside? You you clearly have. Injured key players here, you know, it, let, let's say you bring them up in the neck. Let's say you clinch tonight, right? Because your magic number is one. The Guardians decided, let's let's keep this thing going into Friday. We'll, we will kindly let the Twins celebrate in their own clubhouse in front of fans and stuff. So <laughs> that'll either happen tonight or, or sometime probably tomorrow. If you, if you bring him up and he plays for, you know, parts of the last week and a half of the season, and oh, Correa and and Royce Lewis are back. They're healthy. Okay, well then you just you just don't put him on your playoff roster, Brooks Lee, right? Mm-hmm. But if he comes up and you get him acclimated, and he's in the big league clubhouse, and he's taking some major league at bats, and he gets some, maybe some of those nerves out of his system, and man, Royce Lewis's hamstring, it's just not going to fire for that first wild card round. Like then you put him on your playoff roster. Am I unless I'm missing something here? I don't know that there's a downside to break clinch first. Like Declan said, clinch first and then take a look at the next seven days and see, you know, what your health situation is. But I don't know that there's a downside to calling Brooks Leah. People might argue, like, is there like a service time clock starting argument? I mean, at this point, there's only 10 days. Yeah, there's only 10 days left in the season anyways. So, right, right. And I I believe the rules now and this is why top prospects are being called up a lot. I believe the rules now incentivize teams in the new collective bargaining agreement to actually call guys up. So yeah, I, I don't, I don't see a downside. It'd be great experience for him. And again, if Royce Lewis has a hamstring problem and can't play and Brooks Lee shows an iota of being uh, prepared to play here to me, it's all upside. Yeah. Last thing on this, too, because I know he had some time, I believe, with the Cardinals in 2019, but Randy Rosarena for the Rays on that magical 2021. Remember that? He had like 10 home runs. I think he even set a record for home runs in a playoff run or something or, or was pretty close to it. Yeah. He got called up for the with the Rays in August 30th or, or that pandemic-shortened season. He got called up on August 30th, played all of September, and then was there just catalyst in a team that nearly won the World Series over a loaded Dodgers team. Yeah. So th- there is precedent here to suggest that you can call up top guys and they can perform right away. So I wouldn't be shocked at all if this if type if this type of thing could happen.
And then maybe one of the other uh, one of the other arguments is you throw him into the fire in the middle of a playoff run, and it's just a little bit too much for him. He's not quite ready for it. Okay. I mean, then the season. Then okay. Then he's just you know. Then the season's over like a week. Is it going to ruin him? Right. Let's say he comes up and oh man, he struck out four times in a wild card game, or or he struck out uh, nine times in twelve at bats in his first three or four major league games at the end of September. And he just decided, yeah, it's a little, little bit too much for him, which I, by the way, I don't think that that would happen with him because he's a good hitter. Okay. Well, 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 that didn't work well, but it was only a couple games and now you get the whole off season to, I just like, I don't think there's any downside here. So, you know, the only way I wouldn't do it is if those, both those guys come back, Correa and Lewis, and they're ready to rock and roll. And there's just no room in the middle of the infield for, uh, for Brooks Lee. Okay, KZ Bay on YouTube says, I am 50-plus years old, and I have a job where I am far more active than these baseball players are. I'd like to know what that job is. Baseball's not the most active sport, but it is a professional sport. Construction? Okay. Is it lawn care? I don't know. It could be. Is it lawn care? You're pushing them more around? Uh, they get injured far more than I do. I haven't missed a day of work due to injury or illness in 14 years. Wow. Why are professional players of all sports so fragile? I think they've reached the limits of their conditioning to where muscles, tendons, ligaments, etc. can't handle the constant day-to-day work. I mean, it's possible KZ Bay just has a better training staff at wherever he works, too. No? Or or more uh, more likely, he doesn't have one, and so he plays through the pain and doesn't even acknowledge it. He's just there's no MRI machine at KZ He's just tougher Bay's than these office. guys. Yeah. Like his ham- his hamstring hurts, and he says, "F it, I'm going to keep I'm going to keep doing my construction job or my lawn job. You know what? I'm just going to keep. I'm a 1950s baseball player. I'm going to put some spit on this thing and keep there's going." Casey so. Mays running the bases. There he goes. Uh, KZ Bay. So, well, I mean, Casey, maybe you should maybe you should. Uh, Apply to work for the Twins training department. I don't. I mean, it does. I guess it does seem like the Twins, in particular, with Buxton, with Royce Lewis, with other players, it just feels like there's been more injuries and more things than usual. But you could probably make. I mean, look at the NFL right now. Look how many top fantasy right, players are just say, out for the thing. season in the first week and a half. You know. Yes. Yes. I don't know. Uh, Tyler Anderson says this injury of Royce Lewis is just a kick to the groin. He's been so clutch for this team ever since he's been here. I just hope Derek Falvey doesn't trade him in the offseason because he's injury prone. Hopefully he'll be back before the wildcard series and get back to his winning vibe like he's always been. I'm going to take this and turn it into a question for you guys. Because he's amazing when he's healthy, but is this latest hamstring injury just sort of validating the notion of, well, I mean, he's just never going to be a guy that plays 140 or 150 games. He's going to be another Byron Buxton. I think you have to let – I have, I don't think you can trade him. I think you have to take the, the chance. And I know the Buxton thing has not worked out, and it sucks. But Royce Lewis, both on and off the field, in my opinion, from the, the sample size that we've seen, has been a transformative player. Um, and I've seen enough in the good times where I'm not trading him because – of the bad times uh, because the one thing I will give, and I was talking to Declan about this a couple of days ago and what just absolutely stinks about this entire thing. The one thing I will give Buxton and Lewis is it's nothing to do with their desire. Like Sano is the type of guy that you probably could have said, Oh boy, he doesn't get it at all. Like if we could get something for, for him, yeah. because my, my point there is Miguel Sano 
ate and and neglected his game right out of baseball. Like it's his every, fault. every year. It was like, oh, he's lost 30 yeah. pounds this year. He's in the best but, shape I mean, of his life. He's totally at fault. He the, the reason why he does not have a job is because of him. Buxton and Lewis are were, are such catalysts or were in Buxton's case when he could play. I'm not trading him because from what I've seen, I I'll take the bet. I'll take the gamble. I'll risk the stock that if he can stay in the lineup, he transforms my team. And in Lewis's case, I think the clubhouse. Well, let's talk about also the lulls. So Byron Buxton came up and could not hit for pretty much the first, what, 300 at bats or so like he he mm. could not hit at all he was a great fielder but it took him a while to really get comfortable hitting and it was just so inconsistent there'd be months where he'd rip the ball and there'd be months where he was borderline unplayable at the plate Royce Lewis in 70 baseball games is hitting 307 like there, there hasn't offensively with Royce Lewis there hasn't even been a lull yet now mm. you can make the case of the of the freak injury in center field last year now this hamstring injury like that's what this guy's trying to the point that this guy's trying to make but when Royce Lewis has been on the field, he has been a masher at the plate and incredibly clutch where people got fresher with Buxton right away because he couldn't hit, which I don't necessarily agree with. But there's been no real lull, in my opinion, in Royce Lewis, which is probably why I need to be more patient with this and just kind of chalk this up to a fluky injury. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough because, yeah, he's had, what, two ACLs. He's had the hamstring. I think he had something else. He's playing the heel, whatever it is. Paul Molitor spent the first eight to 10 years of his career in Milwaukee, mostly constantly on the injured list and then just became durable. Now he moved to DH, which I think helped his durability in the nineties. And then he played until he was in his early forties. So sometimes it's bad luck. Sometimes Byron Buxton, it's partially bad luck. It's partially genetics with him. You know, how much of it with Royce Lewis is just, there's a little bit of bad luck in here. You had a weird thing in center field playing there for the first time. Versus you're going to be dealing with something, hamstring, knee, something all the time. But do I think it's worth moving off of him because you don't believe he can stay healthy? No, I, I'm kind of with you guys. You have you have to sort of play this out and cross your fingers. Uh, Razorbacks1 on YouTube chimes in here and says, Bailey Ober, Game 3. Why the hate, Declan? He's been the most consistent pitcher on the team, not named Sonny or Pablo. Declan just has a bromance with Joe Ryan. You guys uh, talked Joe Ryan earlier this week on the show. We did, yeah. We we discussed the fact of who should start Game Three. Uh, I'm on the basis that I'm still giving Joe Ryan the the benefit of the doubt for Game Three. Now, if Ryan runs into trouble, um, you can you can handcuff him to Kenta Maeda, who has experience doing this out of the bullpen. Ober, no, I I am not starting Bailey Ober in a playoff game at this point. Ober also has uh, what I like to call Brad Radke disease, where in the first inning he labors and gives up a ton of runs, and if you look at his splits, he really struggles to settle in. I can't have that in a Game 3 decisive game. Uh, even with Joe Ryan having slower or, uh, or a shorter starts, I should say, since coming off the injured list, I was telling Judd this, his strike rate is still pretty much the same. His swinging strike rate is nearly the same. His biggest bugaboo is keeping the dang ball in the ballpark, which is an important ask for him, and he needs to figure out a way not to give up so many long balls. But in general, I trust Joe Ryan in a game three to start over anyone else on this team still. I'm with Declan here um, because so when we talked to Royce yesterday, he said Maeda should start, I think. And I said, well, I'd rather have Ryan start and Maeda come in if Joe struggles than vice versa, uh, because I think asking 
Joe Ryan to come out, out of the bullpen in any way, shape, or form might not be fair. I, I mean, he mm-hmm. started basically his entire career, as far as I know. Uh, yeah, Bailey Ober to me, my God. I, I mean, he's pitched well at times, and and good for him. He has stayed healthy and pitched a lot, but the innings pitch scares me now. Like it is at it's at a point where um, I think it's I think it's been proven when you uptick it this much, you're asking for trouble. So I'm with Declan. I'm going Ryan Maeda get game three. I Bailey Ober personally to me does not even occur as an option. That does not mean he won't be good. That does not mean he won't have a higher spot in the rotation in 2024. I think it'd be tempting fate. For the record, Bailey Ober, since they sort of, they didn't shut him down, but they sort of like, all right, we're going to send you back down. You're going to take a minute. He's made two starts in the last week for AAA St. Paul. Ten total innings, four earned runs. Uh, the first one was was a really good. He had like no walks, I think, in the first outing. He did walk three and in five innings a couple nights ago. But if we could, if we'd be such hypocrites to sit here and, and complain about like the last 15 years, how many times do they run out unqualified starting pitchers right. that just have no chance from Brian Dunsing to Randy Dobnak, all these guys that they just kind of put out there to me, Ober's better than some of those guys, but Ober falls closer into that category. Like yeah. Booth Bonzer started a playoff game in 2006. He falls closer to that category than Joe Ryan does. Joe Ryan is a top arm. And if you put it this way, if you get the best version of Joe Ryan, he's going eight scoreless innings and striking out 10, right? So right. like, I'd, I'd rather gamble on that. I'd rather put Kent Maeda in as a starter before Bailey Ober in the, in my pecking order. And also in playoff games, like, yes, it'd be great if Joe Ryan goes seven shutout innings. You're going to have a quick hook. You're going to put a guy on base and it's a decisive game. You're going to throw on a lefty. You're going to put in field bar like you're going to have a quick hook probably in general in a situation like that too. So yes, would it be great if a starter can go eight shutout innings? Yes, but playoffs, the games are played by inning by inning, matchup by matchup. So it's not necessarily, I think, him going shorter starts is a bad thing. You guys, guys are going to get pulled in playoff games maybe earlier than you would think. Yeah, it's... Uh, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if Bailey Ober finds his way on the playoff roster because if, yeah. if, if they keep him in, he pitches well. You know, Maybe they wouldn't trust him to, to start a game, but if... If you're trying to debate between him and a couple other random guys for the last spot in your bullpen, you might you might choose him, and then he comes in as kind of a, you know, the game's a little bit out of hand one way or the other, and you need some innings, or maybe he gets to extra innings, and you just you need a guy that can go two or three. I could see him filling that role. Mm-hmm. All right, Sam P says, guys love the Score North Twin Show. He's got a few takes and questions here. We're gonna go in order. Says cold weather baseball in the spring is bad, but cold weather baseball in the fall is awesome. And we have not experienced that really in the 14 years of Target Field, right? We've had we've had the a couple little like sniffs in the first week of October, but we've never test driven yeah, no. Target Field in like the middle of October, <laughs> late no, October. No, exactly. I, I would guess that um in the times the twins have made the playoffs since they moved to Target field i would guess that the heat lamps that that uh that they do use in april a lot have never they have never been used in the playoffs like the october game i i was at game three against the yankees in 2019 and as i recall that was a very nice night like that was not a chilly night Mm -hmm. yeah so so yes he he's right and i love his point too because like when the twins play on april 8th at home you're like 
why are they home on eight, April 8th, right? It's cold, it's chilly, it's cloudy. Why, why can't they be like playing in Milwaukee in a, in a closed roof? Or why can't they be playing the Angels? But, but he's right. When you get that fall chill for playoffs, I love that point. It is funny because it's, it's probably the same temperature, right? It's like 48 yep. degrees or 42 degrees or something. Yeah, but because you just came off of four or five months of winter, you're just kind of salty about it in April. Like this weather sucks. You're just sitting here. There's like two people in the crowd because it's April baseball. But in the fall, the weather is crisp. Why can't the weather be crisp in early April? We don't call it crisp. Yeah, I know. But it, it, it's crisp in October. You know, it's the same reason we're so quick to wear shorts in April when it hits 55, and it's the same reason we put pants on when it hits 55 in October. Like you we're know, like excited we, we, to put the hooded sweatshirts on. Yeah. After, yeah. And there is something about that ambient right. smell of playoff. Like, yeah, the target fields only had three of those playoff games. Think about that. They had two games in 2010 and then they had one game in 2019, the pandemic season. I'm not going to count in 2020 with the Astros. Okay. Okay. Right. There's only been three, in front of fans, like in front of like, fans, like, a, only, like a full stadium. There's only been three. I've been at two of them. But yeah, there's only been like three true playoff games at Target Field in the fall. So did they so they did not make the playoffs. I'm trying to rack my brain. 2011 through 2016, they whiffed on the playoffs. They came close in 15. Correct. Yeah, Kansas City came here and I think blew mm-hmm. their drawers off mm-hmm. yes. with those good Royals teams in 2015. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if it's funny, because if you would have pulled the audience going into the 2010 season, which they, they did win a bunch of games and went to the playoffs, got swept. If you would have said, hey, how many years in a row is this nucleus likely to, oh. to make a run and go to the playoffs in, in this new stadium? People would have said, you know, three, five, ten. And then 2011 hits and one of the darkest years in Twins history. So, yeah, we've had three with, with fans in the stands populated. We've had three games in that stadium and it's all like the first five days of October. Yep. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Fall weather though. Fall classic. Crisp. Mm. You're right. It's not crisp. It's obnoxious in April. It's yeah. crisp. It's the change of seasons. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, okay. His uh, Sam P's next question is what color do you think the Homer hankies will be this year? It's BS that they banned the white ones. It was a multi-decade tradition for Yankees, Red Sox, Cubs, etc. Uh, or uh, are you saying if it was a multi-decade oh. tradition for those teams, it wouldn't get so the white ones they've banned the white Homer Hankies, huh? Oh, did I forgot about that? Did did we get complaints from outfielders, the hitters, and hitters or outfielders or yeah, outfielders yeah, makes exactly. more sense. Yeah, because yeah, a pop fly. Yeah, I guess I don't recall that. Uh, I'm guessing that they'll stick with the they did the Homer Hankies in 2019. They obviously I don't think bothered in 2020 because fans they they did allow. A, few fans for those Astros games was very, very small. Mm -hmm. And I think they went with, they went with red in 2019. Mm. I think you got to go with red or blue, right? Could you go baby blue? The old school baby blue? But they got rid of those jerseys. So that's a good question. Like, I love that, but they got rid of that jersey entirely, which I still miss. So, but I'm guessing you go red or blue. And I'm, if they go baby blue, I love that idea. That's a great idea, Phil. Dave St. Peter, go Baby blue. Baby blue. Let's go baby blue. Come on. The 2023, uh, sorry, the 2023 team grew on me a ton. Went from impossible to watch to a ton of fun and a lot better of a playoff roster than the 19 squad. Yeah, we've talked about that. Great point, Sam. And then he says uh, Declan should have 
a live feed for game one of the playoffs. We can all watch nervous oh. energy Declan watching a Twins. You know, oh, go bar, thought, go bar stool. That's a great idea. I thought about doing this, but like then, like I, I feel like it's not organic. It's not organic. Cause I, yeah, because I'm and not now you're like, on camera. Now you're hamming it up, right? Yeah. I so I, I don't know if my fiance is indeed leaving the house that day. I'm I'm still trying to figure that part Whoa. out. I'm not sure, but my, I one we had of my insurances, Declan. Because one of my best friends, I told you he wanted to get tickets with me, and I was like, ah, you know, I'm probably gonna have to work it into like, and also like, I just don't want to be there yet. I I can't be in attendance for a playoff game because I get way too nervous. So he said, okay, can I come over and watch it with you? And I said, you know what? Yes, you can totally come over and watch with me because you're like you're the only human being, my buddy Sam. And I said, you can come over and totally watch the playoff game because you probably match my energy and max my match my angst. So maybe if he's like undiscreetly filming me or something, that would work. But I don't want to be filmed because then, it's, yeah, it's not organic. Then I'm doing things that I wouldn't be doing probably. Wait, so you're you're saying in order to help with your angst, you're going to bring over someone that also has angst? I feel like you're just multiplying the angst. Don't you no, want no. someone that's more of a calming presence? I don't know. I don't want the calming presence thing. No, I don't. I don't. I don't want that at all. I want you're looking someone... to multiply the angst. Yes, I, and then also, that but I guess. It, not even multiply the Yanks. If they win, it's it's euphoric with two guys who have just been so GD frustrated, too. So I'm looking at the payoff. Well, hold on. Well. Wait, 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 wait. The last time we talked about this, you said that, that you had told the gal you can't be home and that you wouldn't allow friends. And now I'm hearing she might be home and you might allow a friend. Like, what happened here? Like, you were so certain last time about, I told her she can't be here. And you also said, I want no one. I need there. to be alone. Yeah. I, I, I need to be I alone. Yeah. warned her that I, what happened? I'm a horrible person and I don't know if what she'll, I think she's going to leave. I think it's like a 90% chance. She will not be her and Vinny are going to go. They will not be in the house. Is this for all of the games? At least if they win a game, she's back. She's welcome back. I don't care. Oh, cause I then don't. the tension will be relieved. The tension for you. is gone. Yeah, dude, dude, dude. No way. No way. That's bad luck. If you find a formula that works for a win after 18 consecutive defeats, you can't bring her back. That's no. a good point. That's a good point by Judd. Cause then she's at fault. And, and so here, so I like your original plan with one small tweak. I think the Vinster should be a- allowed no. to stay. Damn it, that's his house more than yours or hers. It, it, that's it the is. Vinster's house. It is the Vinster's house, but I, I'm going to be so ups, I'm gonna be so angsty, and if I hear a little, because he has to go outside or do something, that's just going to add to my stress level. I'm ready Two to, dogs calm you. Not Vinny. <laughs> wow, okay. All right. Not Vinny. Anyway. Oh, my God. Well, we'll see how this evolves here. Declan has like 10 more days to figure out what, uh, what his plan is to, to watch the game and not have his head explode. Uh, gentlemen, if any of you, maybe you're uh, a shortstop or a third baseman and you've got some pain, maybe you've got some uh, some joint pain somewhere. I don't know. Summit Orthopedics is here to help you with 25 locations across the Twin Cities and greater Minnesota. No referrals are needed. They offer same day appointments. And if you're really in pain or maybe you've got uh, something a little bit more urgent, like the playoffs are on the horizon. They offer walk in orthopedic urgent care seven days a week from 8 a.m., until 8 p.m. You can learn more at summitortho.com. Uh, Judd, tell the audience, too, here, as the weather gets more crisp and maybe they're in the mood to Ooh. lose a couple pounds, where should they go to lose weight? That's going to start uh, at Livia Weight Control Centers, where um, 
my friends a couple of years ago that's exactly right there if you are watching it right now guy on the left guy on the right's the same guy guess what he's down 40 pounds how livia weight control centers which by the way has now been voted the best weight loss program in the entire state three consecutive years mm. there is a reason why it's because they're not only going to help you drop those unwanted pounds but they're going to help you keep those pounds off and have i got a deal for you if you are looking to lose weight how about this three months free Three months for free. That's right. Your weight loss journey starts with three months free and then we'll continue. And I'm going to guarantee you right now, you're going to be happy with the results because they are there. 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A, Livia.com, L-I-V-E-A.com. They do have centers in the state here. So if you're here, you can go in, get a ton of support. But if you're not, let's say you are a uh, Twins fan in Tennessee. Guess what? It all can be done virtually as well. So uh, uh, near or far, Livia, Livia.com works for you. And also, as the weather is getting more crisp, it means that lake season is throttling down, uh, which is actually a good time to trust the world's largest Bennington dealer, Miller Marine and Power Lodge, to protect your passion, protect your pontoon. Winterization specials happening right now at the three Power Lodge locations and Miller Marine in St. Cloud. They're offering free storage with the purchase of a new boat, and you get double the value if that new boat is a luxurious Bennington pontoon with unbeatable employee pricing stacked on top of rebates. Yeah, I can mm. see Judd in his little hooded sizzle, yeah. hooded sweatshirt on a fall pontoon ride. Oh, and, and guess what, folks? If you want to see the leaves, and I know a lot of you do, if you want to see the, the leaves, forget driving around in your car. How about this? A Bennington, you take it out, and you will get a view of leaves that you've never gotten before. So many ways to have throttle therapy helped your help your minnesota sports angst yeah pontoon passion starts at miller marine and power lodge that's powerlodge.com and millermarine.com all right boys it's time for the immaculate grid challenge here you guys had a nice rarity score this week we did yeah and then they threw off and then and then they they threw a grid that judd hates and we still got it but it's so hard and again it's going to be hard here so Thanks. Oh, yeah. Okay. Thanks a lot, Immaculate Gritters. You're doing yep. a great job. There, so you just that that's that's the complaining that you get to do today. We give you 10 seconds to complain I, about I the it. Immaculate Grid. I did it. I did it. Declan and Dex, I love the grid in all of its shapes and forms. Dex and I were so proud though because because given the opportunity, we killed a rarity score, which was great. Nice. On this one, it's hard. So anyway, so that's here it. we're uh-huh. looking to go nine for nine here, and uh, can I help you? Oh, no, I just said I'm done. I'm backing oh. off now. <laughs> okay. well, you're not. You're like throwing your hands up and yeah. interrupting. You good? Do you want to complain <laughs> more? No, let's go. Okay. We're looking to go nine for nine. And uh, if we can hunt for obscure players to improve our rarity score, that's kind of a bonus. We're looking for a red who was a Yankee, a red who was a guardian, and a red who was a tiger. And then we're looking for a Yankee with 3,000 career hits a Yankee with 200 strikeouts in a season, a Guardian with 3,000 career hits, and a Guardian with 200 Ks in a season. And then we're looking for a Tiger with 3,000 hits and a Tiger with 200 Ks in a season. I'll put eight minutes on the clock just for some constraints here. All right, it's a casual casual eight minutes. <laughs> Bob Feller for the 200K uh, Guardian season? <laughs> we whiffed on the 300K, right? But... I don't remember three, what that was. Three thousand K. I, I don't remember. Um, I I will I will 
say this, Jack Morris had to have 200 plus strikeouts for the Tigers, right? He did. Wouldn't that be kind of a hot? Do we care about rarity score? I, personally, when it comes to the these two categories, I'm not going to get cute. I find the rarity scores. I whiff far Mark more Fitterich. here. Mark Fitterich. What about him? I don't know. Anibal Sanchez was like yeah. the lower tier of those really good rotations with the Tigers. Then guess him. Yep. I think, I think, yeah, I mean, there's 200 is not that, that big of a number. There 2%. we go. 2%. Nice. Love it. Very nice. Love it, dude. Um, I mean, the Yankees have so many. But Whitey Ford, yeah. 200 strikeouts, man. The guys, the guys who threw Gidry. like 300 innings back in the day. Gidry had to have that right back in the 70s when he was Louisiana Lightning. Ron Gidry? Yeah. yeah. Ford, though, you're, you're probably right there. Like, back then, that's just a very common thing, I bet. You want to go try Gidry or Whitey Ford? Try Ford. Whitey right. Ford. I love how every pitcher back in the day was either a lefty or a whitey. 6%. Good stuff. 6%. Nice. Higher than whitey Ford. Right, Look Gardos. at that guy. You know, I, he pitched a lot of innings, but he won a Cy Young. Uh, Bartolo. For 200K innings or 200K? Yeah. yeah Bartolo yeah. for sure did it. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of uh, just the list of. So Bartolo did it. Kluber did it. Cliff Lee well, probably him? did it. Before he came back, before he came back to the Twins, would Bird have had two hundred in a season? Bird. What about uh, who was the guy? Here's, Charles here's Nagy. Guy. Charles Nagy. Charles Nagy's a good one. Here's well, a guy. Do you trust Nagy? I trust Nagy, but okay. I've been wrong before. Okay. Do you guys trust Nagy? <laughs> I I I don't know. Declan, do you know who Charles Nagy is? No. <laughs> no, see, this is surprising again. This is surprising. I'm not going to lie. Charles Nagy is very good. One of the better 90s baseball pitchers, right? Wasn't he, like, on those good Cleveland playoff yes. teams, too? Oh, God, yeah. Cause they... He was the ace of, like, Cleveland playoff teams. The ones that the went to the World Series. They went to a couple yes. World Series in the 90s, right? Yeah, yes, 95 won. and 97. Mm-hmm. Joe, would it, do I have any backing on Charles Nagy? Because we, yeah. we could go Bartolo Colon right. and we all agree on Colon, but Nagy's more obscure. So. I don't – you know what? Again, when it comes to this, I don't like I, – I don't care if, if we get – a rarity score. So you're backing Char- off Charles. You're backing Charles, off. I'm, I'm alone on Charles Nagy right now. Charles Nagy was a very good pitcher. I won't be surprised. <laughs> but guess who you want to guess here? I, I, I'm i waiting for Bob Feller. Oh, okay. That's I fine. want Bob Feller redemption. Okay. Bob Feller. Do Bob After Feller. all that. Okay. Bob Rapid Feller. Robert. Yeah, that's fine. I'm fine with that. Yeah, we got it. Oh, 17%. We should have done Nagy. A lot of people trying to get rede- redemption on Bob Feller. Um, all right. So, Dontrell Willis was part of the trade that went to the Marlins, to the Tigers for Cabrera. And then I'm pretty sure Dontrell finished up with the Reds. Okay. Okay. That was great. What I love as a little leaguer. Are you kidding me? Everyone tried to do Dontrell Willis late kick. He was a fun pitcher for a couple of years. Nice. So, 1%. 1%. Nice, nice, nice. Nice, nice. nice work. Cle- Cleveland, Cincinnati. Frank Robinson. Because Frank he was Robinson. a player... Queen. Manager, Puig will be high, uh, but yeah, uh, he would be high. Let's put him. I'll put his name down here. Yeah. So, so um, Frank was a great red, and then he was. I think at seventy five, he was a player manager for the Indians at the time. So he would work for sure. He's a Did, huge name, but it's a long time ago. So I don't know the yeah. that it's going to be that's going to be guessed Did by a lot. Adam of people. Dunn go to the Guardians ever? I I don't remember him. With I don't the Guardians. Think, I don't okay. remember that at all. 
Uh, I, I mean, Sonny, well. Sonny Gray would be a red who was a Yankee. Sonny would work. Yeah, uh, yeah, Todd Frazier would work. Todd yeah. Frazier. The Todd Father. Home run derby at Target let's Field. Do, let's do the Todd Father. Do the Todd Father. Todd, Todd. Todd, Todd, Todd. Probably like a t- 10%. Six. Six percent. Okay. The Todd Father. And then we can knock out the 3,000 hits ones at the end here, but... Yeah. Um, God, there was a, I feel like there was an outfielder recently that got traded from the Reds oh, yeah, the, to the, the, the uh, Guardians. The, 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 What's this? Framrail Reyes? Yes. Is that it? I think so. Wait, wait, wait. Framrail Reyes was... Or was he uh, Padres? Padres. Oh, okay. okay. Good to know. Well, we have he Puig in our pocket, the... and we have... Who else did we say? Who do we have in our Frank pocket? Robinson. Frank Robinson. We have Frank Robinson. Puig. Okay, let's come back. Oh, Puig. you said Puig? Yeah. Yasiel Puig? Okay, let's come back. Puig. Um, pitchers? I'm trying to think if there's any pitchers. There has to be. I mean, there's probably oh, God, 150. Yeah, yeah. There's probably These are two like, long-time franchises. Yeah, there's probably relievers. All right, 3,000 career hit batters that that crossed through these organizations. Wade, Ricky Wade Henderson, Bo- Wade, Wade Boggs. Boggs for Yankees. Yep. So Wade Boggs, Ricky Henderson. I mean, did, there's going to be. Did Derek Jeter, Jeter? get 3,000? Yep. I don't He'd know. He'd be a higher he, score he, than yeah, hitter. I feel like he did. Yes, his three. In fact, I believe Derek Jeter's three th- was uh, a home run. Was a home run against Tampa Bay on a Saturday afternoon at Yankee Stadium, David right? Price. Yeah, that'll be high. So mm-hmm. number two, Wade, um, Wade, Bo- Wade Boggs Wade? might surprise you because it's he's a he's a Red Sox legend. Yeah, so that might be a good one percentage wise. He I won the think. World's. Yeah, we're good there. He won the World Series in 1996 nice. with the Yankees. Ten percent. Yeah, ten. So solid. All right, Gardos. and then uh, so we need like a Gardo Murray and a, and a Tiger. 3,000 career hit at the Metrodome. You know what's funny? I will, so Eddie Murray, he's one of the only 3,000 hit 500 home run players in Major League history. And so, like, last weekend, there yep. was a, a 40 home run category for one of the teams he played for. Mm-hmm. I think it was maybe Orioles or something. And I was like, oh, Eddie Murray had 500 career home runs. He had to have hit 40 bombs. His high was, like, 32. Did he just Kenny had 30 Lofton, home runs every year. Did Kenny Lofton get 3,000? I don't think no. so. no. It's it's modern hitters do not yeah, get as many hits because they walk and strike out more. Yeah, yeah, Cle- yeah, I'm trying to think of who else passed through Cleveland. Winfield passed through Cleveland. Oh, Winfield's going to be more obscure probably. Yeah, than, uh, as a Gardo slash Indian, he will be. St. Paul Central Zone. Let's do it. Yep, nine percent. Nine percent. All right, Tiger three thousand hits. K line will probably be very high. Cabrera. Right? Miguel Cabrera, Al Kaline. Oh, okay, who had a cup of coffee with the Tigers? Ty Cobb. Had... Ty Cobb, right? Didn't he have 3,000 hits? How long did he play? Can you type in and see the years? Yeah. Just I start typing Ty Cobb. Type uh, in Georgia Peach. 05 to 28. Dude, so he 20, had... 23 years. Really nice guy. Who Who else had... Who might have passed through Detroit, though, and not been a Tiger legend who had 3,000 hits? Molitor never went to Detroit. No, mm-hmm. Toronto, Minnesota, Milwaukee. Um, man, God, hold hold on. There has to be. Well, the '90s Tigers were so bad; they didn't yeah. have good players passing through. And then yeah. when the Tigers got good again in the Did 2000s, it was Did Victor Martinez get three thousand. No. Mm-mm. God. Well, three thousand hits is. Uh, three thousand hits is is like there's only like twenty players. 30 maybe. 3,000 strikeouts on it yesterday, and I hate that one. There's like 18 of them a total. Yeah. Yeah. Including that Dodgers one. And they're all named Lefty. I I whiffed on that. 
The Dodgers have had very few guys. I think there were four guys who played for the Dodgers who had 3,000 strikeouts. So we could go Ty Cobb, Al Kaline, or yep. Miguel Cabrera. Miguel Cabrera is going to be the biggest one. Like so Kaline probably... is rarer than Cobb and Cabrera, right? And Judd, you're 100% sure on Kaline? Um, I am not 100% sure, and I think Cobb might be more rare than Kaline. Kaline, I think people aren't thinking of Cobb. If if you're if you're more sure on Cobb, I I would go Cobb because I think that's also not going to be a. I'm, it's going to be high, but it's I think Kaline might be second to okay. Cabrera. You guys, okay, we'll go Cobb. Okay, okay, Ty Cobb, twenty six, twenty. Yeah, so that means right, there's yeah. probably only three. Yeah, maybe four. Yeah, exactly. Nothing we can do there. And then uh, well, for, uh, Yasiel Puig, Frank Robinson are the two names we have for Guardian, who was a Tiger. Oh Pat, I will get to you. Don't worry, he's coming. Oh, Pat. Wants to. Nine there it is, 85. That's oh, nice. That's a pretty good nice. rarity score there. Nice, Pretty guys. good. Nice, you guys. Get your act together. Again. Immaculate grid. Hey, if you like historical baseball things, which you clearly do because uh, you're hanging out with us here at the end of the Immaculate Grid, we have a brand new section of the Score North shop. It's Look at that. Oh, my God. So scorenorth.com slash shop. Click on collectibles. One of the things you can buy right now, is a framed signed photo of Nolan Ryan punching Robin Ventura while putting him in a headlock. How cool would that be in your man cave, in your office? You know, it's pretty badass. 10% off all items in the Scornorth Collectibles store by using the code SCORE, S-K-O-R, at checkout. That's scorenorth.com slash shop and collectibles. All right, Pat's yelling at us because we've uh, we've ran long here. We so did. Royce Unchained. You can find that, and uh, we'll hit you after the Twins clinch sometime this weekend with a State of the Twins episode on Monday.